What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. And Bear. And little baby Bear. Uh, this is a podcast all about couples. And the things they go through, including childbirth and newborn baby phase and all <laughs> yeah. the chaos that comes with it. Uh, we have had a wonderful maternity leave. We're still technically on it. For a long time. Yeah. We still have a long time. We're three and a half, three and a half weeks out of the baby's birth. Yes. And it's been magic so far. It has. But we thought we would sneak into the studio to share the whole story with you, I guess, start to finish, before we forget anything, and just kind of reminisce. We love doing these baby birth story podcasts. The first one we had with Drew was probably the most eventful because we were going for like the natural birth, (laughs) natural delivery, and yeah. it, it turned out to be quite different. And since then, uh, it's been a little smoother, but a little smoother. Some interesting hiccups. So to recap, Drew's Drew was forty-one weeks and four days, I think. Mm-hmm. She ended up going in, or we ended up going in for an induction. I went seventeen hours without an epidural, and we went through every possible interesting technique tool some of which are just things to to get her out and it wasn't working if you've never heard of a foley bulb do not look it up and do not find out what it is please by experience i have ptsd from that that's crazy uh 17 hours i tapped out and i got an epidural this is all with drew by the way our first uh ended up going another 10 hours um, started affecting Drew's heart rate too much that we ended up needing to go in for a C-section. It wasn't an emergency. It wasn't like rushed by any means, but it was kind of like she was stuck in my pelvis. She hadn't dropped at all. And it was just kind of like she's in distress. Let's, it's time to talk about a C-section. So we went in, C-section went smooth. Drew came out purple as ever. Wasn't quite crying immediately which is a little scary yeah that's a that's it is highly anticipatory yeah um but ended up being amazing jet fast forward he measured quite a bit bigger than drew because drew got stuck in my pelvis they were like we talked through a lot of options VBAX and everything and ultimately decided on a C-section be- for risks. Scheduled C-section. Scheduled C-section. We went in with him at 39 and at 39 weeks. Um, his C-section was very smooth. I do remember feeling quite high during his C-section. Yeah, you were out of it. I didn't like that. I was yeah. very out of it. I also, I have very low blood pressure. And so I get really nauseous with epidurals or with spinal blocks and like anesthesia and stuff. And so for seven hours after Jet was born, I was puking my guts out, which was really unfortunate post-C-section. That was tough. We didn't have any of our parents come in the room to meet the baby because it was just total carnage in there. It was also COVID, which is wild situation. I don't miss that at all, do you? Yeah, no. So fast forward to Barrett, who goes by Bear, Madison East. So we didn't know the gender of this third baby, just like we didn't know the gender of our first baby. We did find out with Jet, our second. But uh, I was 100% convinced it's a girl. Which is so funny. And do you want to tell them why? Why did I think? Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, so for those of you that don't know or don't follow us on YouTube, um, 
please go check that out, by the way. And if you haven't, please subscribe to this channel and give it a rating on whatever platform you're listening to. It's just like, uh, let's call it the old gentleman's agreement, you know? We're sharing our life, and you could share <laughs> a little love okay. on the subscribe. But uh, we did a surprise nursery design. So we had a designer come in and decorate a nursery. Lori Paranjape. She got. She was the only one that got the uh, gender yeah. results after so we got them. At 10 weeks, Yeah, I got the gender results through genetic testing, and I literally just forwarded them to her email. So she knew the, the gender we didn't. We had the upstairs room where the nursery is locked. Hadn't been in there for months. But there was one time I was up there. It was like the week before it was we bad. went in. <laughs> one time I was up there and I heard the door open. So na my natural in inclination is like, look at the door. Yeah. Who's there? And I see just a sliver of the wall. And it looked like light pink wallpaper, wallpaper. with Which flowers. When you see it, you'll understand. You'll understand yeah. why. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, I got the inside scoop." I also was thinking about the the name we had for a baby girl, and I was like, "I, I would love a girl." So not only did I think I had a sneak peek into the which gender, is funny, I was more excited about the boy name. Funny, I liked both of them. To yeah, be but um, so I thought it was a girl because of that, and I don't know. I just kind of had imagined our family with two girls and Jet because how because of Jet's absolute masculinity that he brings yeah. to the family it's like <laughs> and i will say i for some reason probably up until halfway through the pregnancy thought it was a girl because of like symptoms everything and then i pulled up pictures towards the end of this pregnancy of each pregnancy at the same exact week so like 35 weeks and my belly looked so much like jet it's like something switched in me, and I was like, it's a boy. It's crazy. I think it's a boy. So, didn't know the gender walking in. No. We had the scheduled C-section. I really wanted the date to be December 9th, because yeah. that's my dad's birthday, and it would uh, he passed away last December. Would have been special. Doesn't actually matter. 12-12 is a dope birthday. It's still so special. About that. And it was a Tuesday, correct? Yeah. Um, the weekend before, which you talk about, was, was really special. Magical. Um, again, to Sean's credit, with the paternity leave, she is scheduled all this content we worked our tail off the last couple months filming podcasts and interviews and all these things uh, so that we could continue sharing with you all and connecting because we love that but uh i feel like starting a week or two before the birth mm -hmm. we were kind of on break we were and so we were doing a bunch of fun family activities including taking drew climbing for the first time which i had to go on a tangent about because we went to climb nashville which is like a rock climbing place they have all these harnesses for like every size of kid, every age, and they have auto belay climbing. So like you basically put a kid in a harness and they go until they're tired. Yeah. It's great. And Drew is definitely a little bit more timid. She's a little bit more like hesitant to try new things, but yet she's a beast when she does it. Honestly, that reminds me of you when we first started dating. I know. Like extremely capable and able. But like but nervous to jump in. Yeah. So I wasn't sure how it would go. I thought it would be more of a hit with Jet than it was Drew. We have a small rock climbing wall at our house. They both love it. But I did think Jet was going to be the wild man at the climbing place. But we show up and Drew gets on the wall and turns in. I, it was a new side of her we'd never seen. She found a passion in life. It, it was awesome. unlocked something in her that we have yet to see. And it like was a snowball effect. So one, Jet. <laughs> not a huge fan. 
He just kind of like wanted to run around the gym. We're he wanted to go up and down the time. stairs. Uh, Good job, Andrew. Yeah. But Drew was like, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to try it again. I want to try this one. I want to go to that one. And she was all over the place for like two hours. And she was so determined. She would get a little bit higher and then jump off and get a little nervous and then be like, oh, I want to try it again. And she was saying things like, this is my favorite place ever. This is better than my birthday. This can is, we come here for my birthday? Can we come here for my birthday? Can we come here every day? She was obsessed. But her personality like lit up. She turned kind of giddy and then she she's usually talkative about certain things, but she would turn to me and just be like, Daddy, I love you, which she never does. I know. And it was just really, really cool. To it see. lit up like this confidence in her. But then literally after we went home, the snowball effect for the for like days afterwards, even to today, it's like she found a confidence in herself that she didn't have. She learned to ride a bike without wheels like the next day. She jumped on Jet's motorcycle after Christmas and was like running that around. Anything that she was timid to do before rock climbing, she like all of a sudden could do it, which was it was one of the greatest days of my life, honestly. It's it really fun and very special. I'm thankful for that. So we did that a couple times actually. Mm -hmm. We we spent a lot of time at home together doing science experiments. We took which, the kids to hibachi. Oh my gosh, the kids love hibachi. They're obsessed. So good. We, we go did, to hibachi once a week now. Um and then there were a couple things that Sean and I did to preserve this time together too, including going to uh your iron appointments together. Mm -hmm. Uh We try to be very aware and intentional during transitions together as a couple. Sean and I realized back when she was traveling a ton for appearances and speeches, the transitions were always always the hardest mm -hmm. on us. It was like just the preparation of leaving and then returning back from home. We just didn't thrive in because we weren't intentional. So now yeah, any transition, whether it's a trip for a couple of days or like a life transition, we've really tried to be with each other and communicate and open space for that. I've also noticed in both of us, and I think it happens with a lot of people with transitions of any kind, whether you're going on a trip or a baby or whatever, there's like a lot of emotions involved on both sides that you probably aren't voicing because they either don't seem big enough or whatever it is. Like, I was terrified to have another baby. I was terrified of childbirth. I was terrified of all these things, but I'm not like voicing all of them. And you're probably thinking through so many things going into another baby. So we we tried to protect and have enough time one-on-one -on -one with each other to be able to say, like, I am really scared. I don't know what this is going to do to our relationship or our marriage or to Drew or Jed. And so we, we had a lot of time to just kind of be together, which was nice. That's been one pleasant side effect of my dad's passing is this – tenderness of checking in with each other in a different way and like mm -hmm. be, I don't know understanding how to communicate emotions better that doesn't come naturally to me where it's like Sean will be like how do you feel and I'm like I don't even know what you mean by that you know pretty much so anyway so we actually learned from a genetic test that I have a interesting genetic variant that doesn't allow me to absorb iron um and I've been anemic with every pregnancy, but this one was like severe. Mm -hmm. I like was, I noticed it so bad. I had a horrible carpal tunnel. I was so tired. I literally, I was so tired. And I just like, I had migraines. I had all this stuff. Um, and so I had to do, we tried iron supplements. We tried all these things. 
and we got close enough to the birth. They're like, we need to have you go in for iron infusions, which was great. It wasn't traumatic. It wasn't hard. It was just like getting an IV for but a couple hours. You're doing that in an oncology center with like yeah. chemo patients. It's like the whole thing is like, wow, okay, this thing is fragile. But very. It was also humbling being in the oncology department because I'm sitting there pregnant, healthy, and it's just watching people fight for their lives it was very it was it was hard i a lot of good time to pray for the people around me and make friends um we were doing ice baths though sean sean is not necessarily you know like made to carry babies naturally (laughs) with your four foot (laughs) eleven or Or your babies so super uncomfortable yeah already and then you had the anemia and all the things on top but we were doing whatever we could you took you did a great job taking naps I did take a lot of naps this pregnancy. You did a better great. job eating food. Yeah, I tried to do. prioritize nutrition and health. I tried to do everything right this time to have the easiest pregnancy, and it was a little bit harder than normal just because I was so anemic. But I felt so much better after the iron infusions. So that kind of brought us up to two days before the birth. The day before we go in, mm-hmm. it's a Monday. The kids were trying to keep their schedule as normal as possible. We've been doing a countdown, or like we did a countdown with them where I did 30 paper rings together. So every day they got to like rip one off just to kind of build the excitement and like the understanding that a baby's coming, something's whatever. Could have been a good idea, could have been a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Monday morning, they got to rip off the last one and see that there's only one left, and we were making a big deal of it, and then we had to take them to school. And if you know Jet, and if you know his school journey, he loves school. He's never had a bad day at school. He's never been the kid that, like, drop off is hard, where they cry and they don't want to leave. He's always been very excited to go to school. Drew has been... Harder that way. She's had some like um, harder drop offs, I guess. So we get there, we drop Drew off, and Jet, something happens, like a switch flips. And it's just, I think, the magnitude of him understanding what's happening or the transition. Because everyone's asking about the baby. Oh, today's yeah. the day, or when's the baby coming? And it, it's just different. And Jet just loses it. And he just starts crying for mommy. I pick him up, and he is like, wrapped around my body my neck hanging on for dear life screaming crying and I'm just like in shock I don't know what to do whether to just like take him back home I just don't know luckily he has the greatest teachers in the entire world who are the sweetest ever they basically like unclaw him from me and take him into the classroom and we leave they texted me like literally five minutes later and they're like he's happy and playing and totally fine but i think it was just like the accumulation of nine months getting ready for this baby i broke it's hard as a parent in those situations where it's like what's the best way forward do i allow jet to be clingy or and should we not go to school today and just take take him home i know or do we do what we set out to do what we told what we committed to do and it's like i don't know but it was also our last morning together and like we wanted to keep things normal oh my gosh so many things but i do think for the next hour i was hysterically crying a lot of tears a lot of tears understandably so 
It was yeah. just like the first sign that things aren't going to be the same. And it was the first I got scared that like Jet was gonna be traumatized and oh I don't know. Ugh. Every time we've added someone to the family, whether it be a dog or a baby, there's this feeling of all right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the colorful chemistry kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept them really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess. So it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you. So you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. One in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam. Again, get 60% off at babbel.com slash eastfam, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash eastfam. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
is this going to mess up this beautiful dynamic that we already have? What What is this new dynamic going to be? And there's a little fear around that. But anyway, we made it through that day. We did. Thank goodness. And it was We're beautiful. We had, we picked them up from school. They were so happy. We had the rest of the day together. We cuddled. We watched movies. Went to hibachi. Went to hibachi With again. a bunch of friends. It was really fun. We actually hung out with a couple groups of friends that all prayed for us. And it was like I just know. kind of a special time. Really thankful for the... Hibachi is a great meal before a C-section. <laughs> I'm just saying. It used to be the thing that was like reserved for... You good, buddy? That was reserved for like prom or like yeah. you know, the fancy events. So we go to bed. I had to wake up at four. We woke up at four. We woke up at o'clock. four. Because we had to be there by five. It was also weird putting the kids down for bed that night because it was like, ugh, I just don't know. Um, I feel like you're going into battle. I know. Of. So we woke up at four. Didn't have our bags packed. No. <laughs> packed, showered. If, if you think about what Drew, we had our bags packed for months, months before. Anyway. But did like a quick pack. I showered. I got ready. I tried to like truly just like get myself ready for the day kind of thing. Um, left by 4.40, 4.30. And from then on, it was pretty, pretty chill. The nice thing about a scheduled C-section is you know that that morning you're going to have a child. Like, I kind of knew based off how Jet's situation went, unless there's a hiccup, by like 7.30, 7.45, there will be a baby in our arms, which is really nice. As opposed to Drew is like, okay, I'm going to go. just don't know. Like, I'm yeah. in the room. Should I go get food now? Or is the baby going to cut? Yeah, whatever. So we got checked in. We got to our room. It was the same room we delivered Drew and Jet in, which is crazy. We love the nurses. Oh, we love our so nurses. Spoiled. Yeah. I feel like we can share now. Yeah. We deliver at St. Thomas Midtown, and I cannot speak more highly of that place, the doctors, or the nurses. They have been the most amazing support system and community for all of our babies. Shout out to all the nurses there, honestly. Yes. Big fans. Thank you for your kindness, your warmth, all your help. It's a uh, it's a special time, and we appreciate your role in it. So, um, so we go in. I get the blood work drawn or done. Get prepped. You know all your pre C section stuff. Um, anesthesiologist was amazing. Oh my she had gosh. the coolest nails. I remember that. <laughs> she was a firecracker, man. And talking me through everything again, since I have low blood pressure. A lot of times we have to like counter that, I guess. So we talked through any attempt to help me not puke for seven hours. <laughs> you did a great job communicating that. That Thank you. that and the rash with the tarp, you communicated that well, and I think it went better this time. It went so much better. So they wheeled me back to the operating room where I see Doc. Doc is just chatting with me as I'm sitting there. <laughs> I was so nervous. Um, I get so nervous, and I always say the same prayer. I said this in previous um, podcasts, but like I always say the same prayer when I'm delivering a baby, which is like, God, please protect this baby, get him, bring him to us safely, and if you don't mind, protect me too. I'd love to hang around and help raise this beautiful baby you've blessed us with. Um, so they did my spinal block. They got me laid down. They got me prepped. Um and then they bring Andrew in. The docs, I had a tripod and everything set up because we just posted my birth vlog. And it's a very. Andrew important gets yelled thing. at every time. Well, and the, I'm laying on the table and the, I'm like, can you not? There was a little confusion with, they didn't want me filming the doctors, which I totally understand. It's like a it's yeah. like a surgical room and there's liability at stake if they do something wrong and I have it on film. It's not good. So 
anyway, that's why if you watch the birth vlog, it's just me. But uh, had to deal with a little bit of that drama, which I was so I, mad. I know you were. Chan was very mad. But then it was like, uh, I every time we do that, I have a better understanding of what goes on, so I'm able to kind of appreciate how it unfolds more. You freaked me out a little bit. So because we were able to control my blood pressure and stuff better this time, I told Andrew I felt the most with it with this C-section, so I felt like I truly could grasp everything that was happening instead of feeling a little bit out of it. And you were standing up looking over the tarp, like yeah. watching... And I was just like, sit down. Well, I wanted to see his first, you know, time peeking his head into the world. And it was really special. I'm glad I'm glad it did. So they finally, yeah, they have to do all these things. And they're talking to, to each other. And then the doctors are like, all right, we got about 60 seconds. And then you see a bunch of blood. Yeah. And then you see like a little head. And I'm just sitting there looking, trying to find. Is that weird for you to see? Are you able to like detach your emotions from like that's? My wife's blood. Yeah, it's not the blood that gets me. It's not the fact that, like, you know, it's you. It's when I see a cross section of like uh, what they're cutting into. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, that's weird to me. It's yeah, not the blood. That. It's just like the, oh, they're really cutting through her stomach. And you could see they cut through your stomach. It's just yeah. crazy. Going on a side tangent, I had the opportunity in high school to, I could go to the, I went to the hospital once a week and got to shadow surgeons. And I remember it being such an interesting thing, like on the other side of the tarp where you're like operating, you like emotionally can detach yourself from thinking that's a human being. I think if you do it enough, it's just yeah. like, oh, OK, we got another C-section day. I don't care what her name is. But I do remember because of the spinal block. So I always get the shakes really bad, mm -hmm. the like shock shakes. But the anesthesiologist kept checking in with me. She's like, are you OK? Because I was like taking really deep breaths. Mm -hmm. And it's because the spinal block made my um, diaphragm go numb. So I couldn't feel that I was breathing. It was such a weird sensation. Yo, and this is what I picked up this time that I hadn't seen previously is when they say, all right, you're going to feel a little bit of pressure. Yeah. There's this grown man, like 50 <laughs> years old, I don't know, 220 pounds or something, puts his whole weight on Sean's rib cage or diaphragm yeah. area. And it was way more force than I was expecting. It was a lot. And to your credit, well, I guess you're numbed up, but it's like, no, no. wonder you're sore. And it's I've all... told you that before. I was like, the only thing that is hard for me in C-sections is when they say the pressure, you literally can't breathe. So you have to like, you have to calm yourself down for a second and be like, okay, you're not going to be able to breathe for a few seconds, but it's okay. It's crazy. So the head pops out and then they pull the baby out and the umbilical cord's between the legs. So I'm looking at the gender and I couldn't see. I had to like triple check, kept trying to get different angles. And then I finally <laughs> see, I was like, no way, it's a boy. I literally could not believe it. I oh. thought 100% it was a girl. And then I said, baby, let me introduce you to Barra Madison East. And that was the first time we saw you, little guy. And I was in mm. tears. I was a ball. I was more of a train wreck you were this time bawling. around. Just because my dad. I don't know. Life just hits different, you know? I know. And I remember having the same feeling I had with Drew and Jet, which is like they pull him out. They cut the cord. Andrew gets to tell me, you know, I get to hear him cry. I get to see him. They drop the drape so I can see him. And then the, whether it's like, it's like the baby nurses, the baby doctors and baby nurses that are in the room. They take him for a second to weigh him, clean him up wrap him up and then lay him on my chest. 
Um, and that time frame feels like eternity to me. Because you're just anxious to get your hands on them? It's just like, yeah, it, it's just, it's literally less than a minute by the time they get them to me, but it just feels like the end of the world. What was cool, well, immediately, as soon as we saw the baby, the doctor was like, oh, he's a little smaller than Jet was, or a lot yeah. smaller than <laughs> yeah. Jet was. So then they go over and weigh him. He was seven pounds, 11 ounces, which pretty sure that was wrong because the second weigh-in they do, which is like only a couple hours later, he was he seven more. pounds, four, or 14 ounces. Yeah, who knows? Which usually they drop like uh, some percentage of their body weight. Yeah. So we think he was, uh, he was low eights, mid yeah. eights. Uh, and he was 20 and a half inches long, which is pretty much what yeah. all of our babies have been. But then they wrapped him up and took him over to Sean. And he's screaming. He's screaming, but he relaxes after mm. a little bit and opens his eyes almost immediately. And that's just such a special thing to see of like, oh, this is a this is a bond. Yeah. That I love watching, even though I, I don't get to participate in it. It's really special. I remember and, that with Drew, Jet, and Bear. Like they're screaming and then all of a sudden they lay them. They like unwrap them and lay them naked on my chest, which I love. Mm -hmm. And they just calm down immediately. And it's they what I love about delivering at Midtown too is they leave him there the whole time until I mean forever. But this little guy was so aware, more than the other ones I remember, opened his eyes and was looking around. And his his cry was not nearly as vicious as Jets. Jets. Jets was like really loud shrieking. Jet had the hardest cry. Yeah, this was like sad jets was a little more angry mm-hmm. and then i got to hold him and i love that little time with him um andrew holds the way that the process works is there he's on my chest until they get me sewn up they get everything cleaned up and then when they transfer me to the bed where i get rolled back on as they're like transferring and stuff they hand him off to andrew and you get to hold him for a few minutes while i get transferred and stuff so then we go back to the room and just enjoyed the next couple hours of you got nauseous once but it wasn't as bad no it's like once or twice i had like a wave come over me where i was like i think i'm gonna puke and again such amazing nurses went to the ends of the earth just to like make sure i kept my stomach down (laughs) speaking of your stomach the stitch up process took a little longer because of the scar work they did do you want to talk about that uh i just i had so much scar tissue and such an amazing doctor I absolutely adore her, and she was just like, I cut every in, like ounce of scar tissue out, sewed everything back up, everything looked good. What do you call but, it, keloiding? Yeah, I keloid a lot, which is like my scars just continue to heal themselves. They don't like stop. The doctor said- No. The doctor said that Sean's core was, was so thick that she had a hard time cutting through her abs. It was scar tissue. I'm, that's what she was referring to. I don't know. I don't know. She didn't specify. <laughs> You're such a dork. The six pack you got going. No, on. she said my core had so much scar tissue that it took. She couldn't get through it. So but, it took. It took a while. But. But yeah, and I think it's been more painful in the recovery. Oh, so much more painful. <laughs> the recovery has been the most painful. I feel back, not to normal, but I feel great now. I don't feel pain anymore. I get kind of sore, but. The first week was horrible. There's so many headlines, Sean. Let's just talk about this right now. Oh, about my gosh. Addict Sean Johnson refuses narcotics. 
as she heals after the C-section. Way to make something so dramatic, guys. I didn't even know what she was talking about. And then I got all these text messages with the articles from people like my mom. And I was like, I don't know what this came from. Did your mom send that to you? <laughs> yeah. It was... Oh, your mom just thinks based off of headlines. Stop. I'm such a... Talk about that. Um, Okay, it's not super dramatic, guys. But back when I was trying to make a comeback, there was a not-so-good doctor who prescribed me Adderall to help with my energy levels in gymnastics and to like curb my appetite, which is not what you prescribe Adderall for. Um, I ended up getting addicted to it and was on it just for many years because of gymnastics and this doctor. And I just remember feeling like it controlled me, and I hated that feeling. So when I was able to get off of it and to like get rid of it completely, I said, I never want to feel like something controls me again like that. Um, and so when it comes to like surgeries, if I have the option of not taking narcotic pain meds, I don't take them. Not because I was ever addicted to narcotic pain meds, guys. I saw a bunch of comments, people saying, oh, I just stubbed my toe and I took whatever pill. I was like, I can't believe Sean isn't doing this after a major surgery. So It's not that bad. And the Tylenol and Motrin and the Toradol that they give you, it's amazing. But my personal choice during that is I'm able to get through that pain and man it be manageable. So if I'm, why not go an extra step for me and just be like, you know what? I have an obsessive mindset. I don't want it to ever like abuse something. Your pain tolerance is nuts. For those of you who remember when we were pregnant with Drew, Sean broke her toe at 38, 37 weeks pregnant, something like that. A block fell on her toe. A cinder and, block. And she like called me over and she was like, hey, I think we should go to get this checked out. She was like, Look physically kind of look like in pain, but I was like, in pure shock. Looked like maybe she just stubbed her toe. So we go in there, and I kind of thought, ah, oh, Sean's being dramatic. I was Thanks, wrong. Babe. I was wrong. But even the doctor, the first triage doctor, he was, was like, was like he pulling was on it, wiggling my toe, and he was like, yeah, we can get it X-rayed if you want, but I think it's fine. He so Sean was, was like, bruised. Sean was like, let's get it X-rayed, and he comes in a little bit later. He's like, it is shattered. <laughs> so your pain tolerance. Is nuts. I really respect you for that. And to your credit, you've spent a lot of time and effort um, kind of regaining autonomy on your life with, I think, your relationship with food, narcotics. You're just very aware of those things. It's not narcotics. Let's, let's, let's back Sorry, it up Sorry, that's the headline. That's the headline. Sorry. I will say, <laughs> going down the route that you're talking about, because I have struggled with like eating disorders and that type of thing, I've seen so many headlines about narcotics opioids addiction i've had friends we've had friends who have misused them i've seen what they're capable of and because i've gone through a c-section before and perfectly managed that pain without them in my journey and like my delivery to me it was like yeah i don't need it let me throw out the longest tease that's ever existed, but we're actually writing a book about essentially oh this, this concept wow. of compounding habits and compounding choices. Don't hold your breath. And uh, it's going to probably be a year and a half, two years. We did, 
we just finished a proposal though, very exciting. And I feel like you have done a great job at realizing what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, and trying to compound the good things so that mm-hmm. over the span of maybe you don't even notice the effect that has over the course of a week or a month. But when we zoom out five or 10 years, those things turn in, those little things turn into big things. The, the same concept that makes you this insanely elite gymnast, I think is the same thing, the same quality that makes you prone to being For like sure. an addictive extreme, like at all costs. You know what I'm saying? For sure. It's something we talked about before. I spend a lot of time and effort trying to keep myself like inside the lines. I don't know how to say that. Yeah. I think that's well said. And I I'm so used to from my childhood and from the Olympics and gymnastics feeling and thinking that extreme was normal that I try not to do that anymore. I try not to work out to extreme levels or time frames. I try to keep my nutrition normal and average. I try to not be an anal perfectionist anymore. I like I truly try to stay within the normal lines of boundaries instead of because my mindset would normally be like, "Oh, we're going to have a I don't know. Going to run a marathon. I have to do it the fastest." Yeah. You go, you go all in. I don't suffer from that, and I've never suffered from an Olympic gold medal either. So, <laughs> I think I, but but it's the same. There's a headline for you. <laughs> Someone's gonna pick that up. Um, Andrew East says he's never suffered from. That that's just an interesting concept that had actually come up with our uh, marital mm-hmm. therapist too, where she said the same thing that made you fall in love with Sean is the same thing that caused you the most frustration. She's you know she's super ambitious. And you love that about her, but now it's exhausting you or something, you know. I'm super free-spirited, and you love that, but now I'm terrible at scheduling still. Some magazines are going to have a heyday with these one-liners that we're giving them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so back to it. We're in the room. Those That first day, the first couple days, really, Uh all in the hospital, it is like a vacation, especially when you have kids at home. Just being able to sit in silence Mm -hmm. with the baby. Wait, can we hear the baby? A little baby breathing and whimpering and oh it's adorable and sean and i don't even really talk that much we just kind of enjoy that we we, we yeah. chit chat but we sleep and this is a crazy thing i go out to tell my parents or our parents about the baby saying it's a boy yada yada and in the lobby is two of my vandy football players mm-hmm. and another friend so there's three friends all at the hospital getting ready to have babies at the same time which turned into this really fun, it was cool, like social hour. We're like we next like door neighbors with one of our friends, exchanging baked goods with each yeah, other. Yeah, you, know, you get flowers and the whole thing. I like, had someone's mom walk in. She was like, "I just had to come see your baby." And I was, <laughs> it like, was okay. like, "Okay." But I'm bouncing around the rooms, meeting the other babies, catching up. It was like really fun. We ordered Uber Eats for all of us, and it was just yeah. We ordered the world's largest sushi order and distributed it amongst few rooms. Oh, it was really fun. Um, and then. All of our parents got to meet them, and mm-hmm. we just kind of hung out. We were FaceTiming friends, enjoying the time. Um, we went through the series of tests that they do at the hospital. What was that, a burp, buddy? That was a burp. That was stinky. <laughs> He's a burpy little guy. Um, he does a hearing test, which he passed. 
I think it's always hilarious to see them with the little headphones on. Um, he's gaining weight, which is good. He latched almost immediately. Immediately, which is great. Um, because it's a, a repeat C-section, because he was doing well and I was doing well, um, they give us the option to leave after two nights instead of stay the third. And we were so... <laughs> <laughs> sorry that picture should not be shown little naked bear um we are so antsy and excited to get home to introduce him to his brother and sister we ended up leaving the morning of the third day yeah yeah i feel like we had a good time in the hospital but didn't want to spend any more time away from our kids at home than we needed to um i will sean wa was walking within hours of the surgery <laughs> Which, Which just, is pretty normal. That's normal. I don't know, dude. You're just a beast. <laughs> You're next level. Um, is there anything else from these? I'm trying to review these pictures and see what we missed. I'd say the only thing I remember about this one, or not the only thing, another thing I remember about this one was I was so, like, more, so more, so much more? Yeah. Swollen after this one than I was the other two. I was so swollen the first week you feel good now yeah i don't i don't so? mean it like in a self-conscious way i just mean it in like i literally felt like my body was had gone through some the most trauma i will say i feel like i had it really good with drew and i was spoiled and i took it for granted but drew didn't latch immediately mm -hmm. and so we pretty much bottle fed her do we bottle feed her in the hospital with formula? No, 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 no. What she happens? latched. She latched in the hospital, but she just never. We just had a very hard time figuring out feeding. She didn't have a tongue tie. She didn't have a lip tie. She didn't have cheek ties. Nothing. She just wasn't a good nurser. So, so by the time we got home, we had started bottle feeding pretty much. And the side effect of that was I got to spend more time with Drew and be up late at night and just get to know her in a different mm -hmm. way. Whereas Jet and Bear pretty much have been your sidekick from the get-go because mm -hmm. you're feeding them in that way. So I have said, though, and I, I want to say this to like new moms, breastfeeding is really hard. It's really, really hard, and it takes a lot of time to figure out. I told you this the other day. I do feel like if Drew was my second or third baby, I probably could have nursed her. We probably could have figured it out. But especially since she was my first and I had no idea what I was doing. I was more frustrated and overwhelmed trying to figure out how breastfeeding works that I ended up giving up before we ever like figured out a rhythm. Well, you gave it a couple of weeks. So yeah, it's not like you typed but, out immediately. But I mean, honestly, the whole first couple of weeks is hard. Yeah. We're still in it. Yeah. We there's are. there's a lot to figure out, a lot of new transitions. Uh, we did, people loved the stories I did on the postpartum kind of rules that we follow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Andrew has postpartum rules. Well, I'll never forget when we did our labor and delivery class the first time uh, we gave birth with Drew. You go into the hospital and they kind of walk you through the process, help you kind of get your bearings on changing the diapers, all the things. Um, and they were talking about postpartum depression and how real of a thing it is. And then a couple of our friends have suffered mm -hmm. from that. And it's like traumatizing. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. For sure. And so the nurse at the hospital was talking about some of the things they do. So I took those and expanded upon them. But essentially, <laughs> for the first six weeks after we have a baby, so we're still in it, 
our rules are that we're only watching comedy. Yeah, I'm not allowed to watch anything <laughs> but comedies. Just trying to get giggles going, right? Because I think mm-hmm. that actually does train and reinforce mm-hmm. neurological pathways. And there's a lot of time that you're sitting on the couch maybe watching screens. So yeah. keep it to comedies. Get outside as much as possible. The first couple of days, maybe you're just sitting outside in the sun. That's what <laughs> yeah. I, Andrew would, every time he'd go into like the gym to work out or go outside, he would set up like a chair and blankets for me and Bear. And he'd be like, we're going outside. You need to come outside and sit. And I'm like, okay. Well, the first time I did it, I said, hey, I need help coaching with the uh-huh. workout. It was clever. And I so you were, it. yeah. But then now we're doing walks. We started doing like one 10-minute walk, and now Sean's going on a walk by herself while I watch a baby. Healthy uh, food. Healthy food. So we, I mean, if there's ever anything you're going to spend money on, I feel like this is it. Like invest in trying to make it through this transition well. And so mm-hmm. buying as much healthy food and preparing that in whatever way works for you, hydrating um, is mm-hmm. important. We do. You were super dehydrated, and Sean is not naturally good at that. But mm-hmm. we also... Uh, I try to remind her as often as possible that I'm here to help. And if she needs to get space from the baby, like there's times of frustration with the breastfeeding, mm-hmm. I can just tell. And it's like, hey, let me take him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, asking for help as much as possible. We got a lot of helpful feedback from you guys with other things you do. So limiting guests to what mm-hmm. you're comfortable for, which is something I, I love. Hey, come on in, meet the baby. And Sean isn't as comfortable with that. I think something too we've learned with each kid, something we did better with this one is mom is going to have a lot more like specific thoughts preferences right after birth than dad probably and I remember Andrew you asked me like what my expectations were when we got home as far as like visitors and uh if I wanted people to hold the baby or touch the baby or kiss like whatever it was and I remember you were really respectful and saying like what are your where are you with all of this? And I said, I really don't want a lot of visitors. I don't feel like handing him off to anybody this time. Because um, I know... I haven't, really. <laughs> yeah, I know it's like Drew. I just needed a little bit more space to myself, especially with that transition. I just needed to be able to go and get some quiet time. With him, I'm just like, no, I don't want anybody to hold him. Oh, are you okay? It might be time to wrap yeah. this up. Um. So yeah, you've just been really helpful and respectful with that. The the structured life Sean and I live is not for everybody, but we do have a lot of kind of quote unquote protocols for a lot of things. So even with the older siblings, we have methods of, you know, with Jet meeting Drew for the first time, Jet brought Drew a gift. We did that this time again. The older kids are like the gatekeepers for any new person meeting the baby. So no one can meet the new baby without going through the two older first. We have a lot of things we could talk about. If you're curious to get thoughts, to get our thoughts on these things, let us know in the comments. Um, but it looks like it's time to go. And I'm so glad we were able to sit down and capture this before we forgot everything three and a half weeks later. I love you. You continue to impress me. You are a great best friend, a great girlfriend, a better wife, and an amazing mom. And I'm really thankful for you. You're my favorite person in the world, baby. No one else in the world I'd rather do this with. So now I think we'll go on another hiatus, get back to the interviews. Um, so stay tuned for those in the next couple of weeks because we have some fun ones. But that's all we have. If you made it this far and you haven't subscribed, please do so. Let us know in the comments uh, what your thoughts are on this, if you want any other uh, issues addressed. Um, and we'll see you next time. I'm Andrew. I'm Sean. And this is Bear. 
This is Bear, and we oh, are, you're peeing all over me. We are <laughs> the East. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Seriously? Yes. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcast on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.